Hello, and welcome to Get Well Sooner, <laughs> um, a podcast where we take a skeptical look at the things that people do to get well. Um, and by we, I mean me, Sarah Jickling, musician and nail artist and pole teacher and tired person, and um, you, the listener. Uh, long time no talk. I'm excited to um, share this interview with you. It's my, again, my oldest friend, my most lovely friend, Gabby, um, telling me about the time that she joined basically AA for sinners. It was called Freedom Sessions. It was real, real weird. Um, and we get into some fun topics. Uh, so I do say that I am going to record an episode about psychosis and spirituality. Um, I tell that to Gabby, um, but I actually ended up doing an interview with my favorite podcast, Ono, Ross and Carrie, instead about that, which I'm so grateful for because I kind of didn't know where to start. Um, but hopefully I can do some more posts about psychosis because I have that background of early psychosis intervention. And I do think it's really interesting how that can, you know, affect people's perception with reality and maybe guide some spiritual leaders or spiritual people to um, say things that don't make a lot of sense. So stay tuned for that. I think it's coming out soon, potentially today. Um, so Oh No, Ross and Carrie, that's the podcast. I've mentioned them on here before. Um, without further ado, let's get into the interview with Gabby. Hello, Gabriella, um, Hello. Gabby. I've been calling you our... <laughs> I have I, I haven't actually called you this, but in my head, I'm calling you my uh, my ex evangelical correspondent. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's perfect. Because <laughs> Paul is my ex Mormon correspondent, um, and then wow. I have a friend in mind to be my clean beauty correspondent. Um, oh, I have is that kind of right? Regular guests, right? I love it. I love the word correspondent. <laughs> right? Is, yeah. You're the expert. So wow. I didn't, I didn't go to, um, I didn't go to church for my whole life. You did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're here to ask you about stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. Yesterday I watched that Netflix documentary called Keep Sweet. Have you heard of that one? No. What is it? Okay. It's a documentary around the um, fundamentalist Mormon, oh. uh, the fundamentalist church of Latter-day Saints or whatever. So it's like, yeah, FLDS, as FLDS. we call it. That's right. And, um, it was just insanely mind blowing, but I mean, that's a topic for maybe another time, but, um, it made me think just like how indo the, the concept of being like indoctrinated mm -hmm. with specific, uh, really strange, uh, I don't know, a strange way of looking at things, a strange, again, worldview. It's, uh, it's uh, something you, I can't blame myself. Like all these people in the Mormon, in this Mormon cult, like yeah. all these 
sweet, innocent little girls that had no idea what no. they were doing. No. Just doing what they were told from yeah. birth. Yeah. I, there's a lot of things that we we do just because we are told to do them, and that's the world we live in. And there's a, also a really great TV show right now called Under the Banner of Heaven, and it's based on a true true crime mm. story about a Mormon town in Utah. There, there's a murder that happens because in some old Mormon book, it says like blood atonement is a, a thing that you can do and women are not you know, follow following things. And it's like, it kind of makes sense because I'm somebody who follows things like, like, I just, I just have to know everything. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just going all the way down and uh, down the, all the rabbit holes. And like, I feel like when I totally understand people who are fundamentalists, because it's like, this is what the book says. Right. You're doing it because that's what the book says. It's I, a nice little like, cheat code in a way like oh if I just do these things I can earn salvation yeah once you start editing things and being like okay well technically our prophet said this but like obviously that's not that like you know that's where I'm that's where I'm like well but but then if if he didn't if he's wrong about that why isn't he wrong about everything else I I think more people are able to live in that space than me yeah it's strange because yeah you're kind of taught like let's not look at this first mm-hmm. but we're really going to pay attention to this one about how women shouldn't uh like teach men or something mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah and, yeah so we are no women pastors no yeah but then there was this uh interesting uh, opportunity through the church that I jumped on to get some what I thought was going to be like free counseling Free counseling. Okay. So for those people who listened to the last episode with Gabby, our ex-evangelical correspondent, you'll know, I think, because we do, we do mention it, right? The freedom sessions. Um, But I was introduced to this as a psychology class, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's, but I, but like that's, so that's what you told me it was, but I think like you also thought that, you know, like you thought it was therapy, right? So I thought this is what therapy is. Uh, I mean, obviously no one here is a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Had you ever gone to therapy before that? I had gone, honestly, I think only twice. Yeah. Only twice in my life. And both times were really lame it mm-hmm. was, and it was through church it was uh, like a mm. church counselor mm-hmm. talking to me and I felt like we got nowhere like I didn't actually like they seemed not very good at what they did you know yeah, yeah. okay so freedom session was a program that our church the church that I was attending like adopted I, I think that the lead pastor of the church and the lead guy from freedom session were like friends and they decided, oh, this would be a great thing to, I don't know what the official capacity was, but let's let's offer freedom session to anyone in our church mm-hmm. and run it through the church. And so it was kind of promoted on Sundays and like throughout the community, everyone kind of knew about it. There was like a booth in the uh, lobby or the foyer of the church where people would st- were staffed there and like talking about it. What did they say? And like, how did they promote it? Oh my gosh, they had these like testimonies like or stories um, that they would share, like super nicely filmed. Everything at the church that I was going to was so like state of the art, like 
beautiful cinematography, beautiful graphic design, like not like your grandma's church type thing. So that's another topic too, but just everything was so glossy and pretty and like made you feel like this is so legit. Um, And they would play like on the big screen at church, some of these testimonies of these really brave people that would share uh, their kind of experience, which was usually like, oh my gosh, I was, you know, you know, dealing with this sin. You can watch it on their website uh, and dealing with this issue and uh, a myriad of different people from all walks of life sharing like how much freedom they felt they had, how much lighter they felt, how like close to God they were. And it's just super promoted throughout the church. And Mm -hmm. I guess at that point I had felt like uh, I had come out of, you know, like everyone come out with, I had like things I'd love to unpack. And I had uh, a lot of issues like with church specifically. So maybe it was my way of just feeling like, ah, like maybe. And I had an ex-boyfriend who was attending, who also ended up attending. I don't know if I realized that when I sent, yeah. Oh, he was was also signed up for, decided to sign up for freedom session. And we were like awkward exes there, like healing our baggage, like from opposite ends of the room. Anyway. um, Yeah. But you had this really wild, really wild ex. And I think that's, that's what happens when you're in a situation where it's like, if you date, you got to get married. Like yes. you're you're all trying to get married right now. So then everything oh, becomes yeah. very serious very fast. So there was this whole aspect of freedom session that they claim is like what makes it unique from other AA programs, uh, which is forgiveness. And I think that must be a part of some other AA Ab- programs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But I was reading <laughs> on the website that like, oh, that's what makes us unique. You have to forgive yourself and forgive <laughs> others. Anyway, okay. I had to like, I remember there's a portion where I had to write letters, you know, write letters to all the people that I had wronged. Uh, oh my God. That's, then, that is, ooh, that's AA. That's an AA thing. You do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, and you have to, it's called, I can't remember, but I was recently talking to two people who were very, very familiar with, I think people they knew were NA, Narcotics Anonymous, but like there's a part where you have to write a letter to the people that you've wronged and like, I can't remember what it's called. I can't find it. Don't worry. We'll find it later. Yeah. But there's too many. Yeah. Yeah. Just basically every week I would meet up with, you got assigned a little group, uh, all girls from all girls. Yeah. And uh, there's one person who is the leader and you basically get this workbook and you just work through the workbook together. Uh, So step one. Okay. This one is actually kind of wild. We admit that in our own strength, we are powerless to rise above our hurts, resentment, unhealthy behaviors, and attempts to control. Our lives have become unmanageable. The step one of um, AA is we admit that we're powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. Okay. So very similar. (laughs) Very similar. So it's interesting though, like that we're powerless to rise above our own hurts. Like, yeah, because your own hurts is that's like, that's not a substance. That's like a thing uh, inside you. Exactly. And I think you are, you do have the power to. Yes, absolutely. Um, That's the thing. Like uh, the whole message that you keep hearing at church, at least for me was like, oh, you are, 
I guess it's called Calvinism, I suppose. Like you have no ability on your own to mm. save to save yourself. Like only God can choose you and save you. Like you are just completely powerless to all of this. Mm. And you have to depend on God to save you or to redeem your heart or however you want to say it. Like you kind of are right. just a, a little, you know, it's, it's almost like predetermination. Oh yeah. But, but, but you have one free will choice and that is if you accept God or something like that. No. Okay. So here's, no? okay. <laughs> there's two schools of thought. Um, so one is Calvinism and one is Arminianism. And in Calvinism, the image is imagine you're drowning and in Calvinism, uh, God reaches down under the water and pulls you up. And in Arminianism, you put up a hand and start waving around and God mm-hmm. pulls you up. I believe someone right. can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, so that's the idea. And there's lots of people, lots of people go back and forth about this. Like you're saying, it kind of makes sense to me, like that you have a choice in the matter to get saved, to ask God. But the ultimately Calvinists believe that it was already pre-selected. Kind of this, like he's ahead of time. He's beyond the timeline. He already knows what you're going to do. Jeremy Baramy. Jeremy Baramy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was just rewatching that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's that. But anyway, this whole idea of like, oh, you're powerless. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. You're powerless to rise above your own hurts. Okay. Um, step two. Shall we go to step two? Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. We came to believe that God exists, that he loves us deeply, and that through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we can be healed and fulfill the purpose for which we were created. Okay. Yeah, I when I'm looking at these AA steps, which I really, really want to do an episode on 12-step programs. If anyone mm-hmm. has any knowledge about them, obviously don't, no pressure. But if somebody wants to talk about it, because I'm reading these 12 steps and I have a lot of problems with them because they are basically this watered down. So like step number two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So it's, oh, wow. it's like so it a watered down version of that. It's religious. Yeah. Yeah. And and I remember reading about people who were going to 12 steps and they're like, you don't have to believe in God. You could be like the universe or the sun or whatever. But like you have to believe in that power higher than yourself. Right. And I'm like, personally, I'm like, well, but you also have to believe that that power like wants to help you. Yes. And it's. There's- yeah. Yeah, like it's not the scary, but also just like this out of yourself. Like yeah, you, you have no control. Are, like worm, mm. uh, that word is used in church. Like you're a worm. No way. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's what, what I do heard. You mean? Like you're just nothing. You're so small in the scheme oh of the God. universe, right? Which wow. we are. But right. also, I don't know. It just seems so unhealthy not to think that we are part and just equal to, like you know, anything else that deserves love and respect in the universe, like, not just like, it's such a glass half empty, like glass with barely full. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Yeah. a tiny worm. I think they think that everyone's so conceited. So we need to like humble everyone. Right. And it's funny because I was listening to this podcast the other day and they were just talking about 
the dangers of going out into the wilderness. It was nothing to do with religion. But the podcast host said, ah, the problem is nature isn't out to get us. So it's not, the world isn't out for us, but it's not in for us either. Mm. You know, like it's like, but because that's how we end up getting scared is being like, oh, everything's against us. But if we think everything is for us, we put our power, like, like we, we have no decision because we're just like, whatever happens is supposed to happen. And like, right. I can see how that's good for your stress levels, but sometimes things do happen and you have to, you know, work past mm -hmm. them. So I don't yes. under, like in therapy, you would definitely be like working on acceptance, but also working to get past challenges. So I don't know how yes. this, can you read, sorry, can you read number yeah. two again? Yes, it is. We came to believe that God exists, that he loves us deeply, and that through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we can be healed and fulfill the purposes for which we were created. Yeah. So you were created for which purpose again? Just to hang out? <laughs> be worms? I guess to save more people. Oh, spread the religion. Evangelical. Yeah. Got it. Um, like you said uh, in the last episode that I was on, um, like... If you genuinely believe that people were going to go and burn in hell, like mm -hmm. it does definitely make sense that that is your number one goal in life. Is right. To save as many people as possible. Totally. Um, but this whole concept of like we were saying, uh, the concept of salvation and being saved, it's kind of like this, uh, okay, I'm done. Like in a way, yeah. like, oh, I don't have to work through things anymore. It's like, I'm saved. It's uh, a done deal. And I can like, it can see how that would feel amazing. Like, Oh, yeah, like, no matter right? what happens, no matter what happens to me, I'm saved. So my soul will be saved. Right. Like, um, and they, I think that therapy, like, or having actual issues is like looked down upon, like that's right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And like, I remember when I was struggling with stuff and you were like, well, it could be the devil. And, right. you know, in your, in your, the devil is giving you whatever, all these problems oh, to yeah. do. I don't know what, I don't know why, but like to challenge you or something. So then in that way, it seems like you do have to fight if the mm -hmm. devil's in there trying to make things right. difficult, but the only, the only power move is just be like, God, God, it's exactly. not like, Oh, what is this devil doing? What is, why, why is it here? Like, you just have to be like, yeah. God. Just like the devil's there. He's always trying to trip you up. And uh, if you're struggling, he's probably, that's him trying to trip you up. Mm -hmm. And you've got to just keep turning to God and like think on, think on God, set your thoughts to good things. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like the jargon, but um, it was right. such a simplistic way of looking at things. It's such a, right. And also it kind of, kind of did take the onus off of you in a way to be like, oh, well, the devil did that is a... Uh, right. Yeah. I guess. The devil maybe? does the bad things. Yeah. And it's, I mean, so during the satanic panic, I mean, which we kind of are still in forever. We've always been in it. But mm. especially in the 90s, when we were discovering about all of these priests that had done really awful yes. things to children... Around that time, um, 
you know, the the ideas of Satanists going around and doing horrible things to children became really, really widespread and as a popular belief because we don't want to believe that you know, good people could do bad things, you know, especially ones who have been like, yep, God, I give myself over to you. And so we're like, well, it must be people who are actual Satanists, which requires that first they believe in the little literal Christian God and then decide to go against him. And because you have to believe in God to believe in the devil. Anyways, it's quite complicated, but in in a way it's more simple because you're like the bad people. It's like Star Wars. Like I've been watching yeah. the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. It's just like uh, anything good and evil. Like it's just like mm-hmm. super simple. Like you're either good or you're evil or the the evil force is trying to get you mm-hmm. and you have to fight back with force, which is the spirit. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. No, totally. It's very, it's a very Christian thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And um Oh yeah, it's it's very simplistic. Uh, oh, I, I had a thought, but now I can't think about it. Oh well. Um, oh, well, let's go to step three. Shall yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, step three. We made a conscious decision to turn our lives, our pain, and our will over to the care of God and the leadership of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is the the AA one or the basically the same thing? Yeah. Uh, except for instead of saying God, Jesus Christ, it says over to the over to to the care of God as we understood Him. Oh. So it's really like they're really adding in all these like, but like you don't. It's God, like whatever you think God is. Right. So which is nice. Good. Good. I'm glad that they're not like we hand ourselves over to Jesus Christ. This exact this you know, very specific thing. I like that they do that um, because, I mean, of course, like the more strict you are with your steps, um, yes, the more difficult they are to follow and yeah. the more things are required of you. Yeah. yeah. Asking someone to believe in God is, yeah. A lot. Maybe not going to help them. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. maybe maybe it will. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> yeah. yeah. This whole othering because, like, I don't know, the thing that's helped me the most that is most complicated, pers- and I, this is, so, I'm still someone who hasn't done a lot of therapy, which I'd still like to do, um, to do. But I guess yeah, stepping away from church and kind of formulating my own, like, different, my, different, uh, uh, like, mindset towards, like, issues or whatever, struggles. I'm, super super not like a master at any of this but like it's more just like I don't know like the self-love thing I think that's maybe the issue that um church like doesn't understand is like very much against self-love it's like just love God like love uh loving yourself you're gonna get a big head you're gonna forget about God like you right thing you are a worm uh without God, like God is everything. And, um, now it's, I think I've, I've really enjoyed this concept of like self-compassion and Mm -hmm. self-love, which feels very awkward coming out of that. Oh, weird. Most people probably feel a little awkward. Maybe that's just me. I I mean, like loving being like, I love me is always like difficult, but like, because (laughs) 
because even if you weren't raised to think that that's wrong, you kind of were because you're in this world where it's like, wow, mm. you're not good enough. You're this, you're that. Like, right. So it's really hard to be like, love yourself. We get when everyone's like, are you sure you don't want to lose weight? Are you sure you don't want to be better at your job? Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Like have more money. Yes. Like that's the, the whole capitalism. world with all capitalism. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's kind of like, that's already making you dislike yourself and want to be better all the time but it's everywhere yeah and like I think that I can see how in the past like if you think God is everything and this is kind of maybe going into Buddhism or something but Mm -hmm. then you are God then God loves you you love you you can see how that could kind of exactly it yeah yeah yes that's totally what I'm where I'm at right now. And mm-hmm. it sounds crazy. It sounds kind of bordering on Mormon, maybe to say like, I am God, but no, if, no, no, no. Yeah. If it's different. Cause if you, uh, also I had an amazing magic mushroom experience a, a few weeks ago. Excellent. Uh, yes. Where everyone, what I heard of was true is that you feel really like one with the universe and one mm-hmm. with yourself. And it was, more than I could have ever imagined, uh, where you just feel this intense love out of nowhere that I've never like felt before, like coming to me from like the sky, from like the universe, mm-hmm. it just everything felt like it was complete. Like everything just felt perfect. Like all those voices of capitalism or whatever, of like, do more, buy more, you need this one last thing. And then you'll be, you'll be complete. Like that was all gone. And it was just like, everything is in complete harmony. And also it was like this love coming from myself towards myself that I didn't nice. know could ever exist. Yeah. It was like, it was like, I was meeting my soul for the first time. And That's great. It was crazy. But anyway, like, I think you can also achieve that maybe with meditation, you yes. know, like being able to separate yourself whatever your ego from yourself or whatever. And then you're like looking at, you're observing yourself and being like, wow, like, or even with therapy, you know, like you're like, oh, wow. Like this person is trying hard. Like this person who is me is trying hard and doing their best. And like, to see yourself as that almost, uh, what's that word? Like third person, second person, like, yeah. To view, actually look at yourself yeah uh objectively yeah 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 um, and see like exactly like oh look at how like yeah you're doing so well in like uh you know when whatever it is and just giving that uh yeah that self-love that you would probably give to a friend to yourself yeah Um, it's just like really powerful and really like almost like it reminds me of like well that's what nature kind of can do can do like it takes care of its, it, it, it does its job of like taking care of itself and of our, of us. It's just kind of the natural cycle of like the uh, ecosystem. Ecosystem. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, okay, this is wild, but I, before doing mushrooms, this is maybe getting way off topic, but um, I watched this documentary on mush fungi and like the history of it. And uh, so this is crazy. They suspected that some, some, some scientists have suspected or have some evidence that, um, uh, what's it called when it's like a hum- the first version of a human that evolved from apes, um, 
like a like a Neanderthal or, Neanderthal, the, exactly. or the one that's ours. I can't remember. Like the Neanderthals died out, so I don't remember what the other ones are called. Right. The yes. er, some earliest versions of humans um, that were somewhat still apes, maybe. Uh, when they so what might have given them consciousness, you know, compared to other animals, would have been that they had eaten magic mushrooms. That Ooh, that's very like. Eve eats the apple, but the apple is a magic <gasps> mushroom. Whoa! <laughs> I never thought of that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, because the, um, they're like there would have been mushrooms growing specific a specific kind out of like animal poop. So that's gross. But um, that In that Africa, mushroom, yeah, yes, they would. Or I guess it was Pangaea or whatever. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know about history. Shoot, I don't know. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> they ate them and. Um, you know, they would have started to like look at their own hands and like notice themselves and like look at each other. And, and they suspected that that is where language came from as well. Like having these really, um, that these apes like on mushrooms would have dove in into their subconscious and started to actually develop a conscious. Anyway. Why doesn't it work on apes? Yeah, because their brains are too small. So apparently apes, <laughs> guys, this is uh, this is all just docu- stuff I learned from documentaries. I'm not saying this is the cold hard facts. This is no, just no, no. interesting. Um, uh, so I, they explained that uh, apes started to uh, evolve into humans because they were, they started to eat. So apes spend most of their day eating like twigs and like really hard foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and they spend most of their life like digesting these foods. Like that's why they've got these huge guts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, eventually, uh, I don't you know, get the timelines or the science, but uh, the theory is that once they started eating burnt, like if there was a forest fire, there would be burnt animals and they would have be essentially cooked. So once humans mm-hmm. started cooking, and eating soft food then and like it was easier to digest um hence they had more time in their day to do other things like develop tools and um yeah just affected their brains in such a way that they started eating soft like they started cooking so this was again guys who knows? Um, I we need don't to do know. That's the we fun know. thing is like, we don't know. But yeah, that's really cool. I like that idea. I, I It's so funny when, because you used to be a creationist, right? No, I never, I don't think you I You never ever were? Was. Okay. I never bought into that. I always thought, no, this is, there has, this is just a, this is the, an element of the church that is off base. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I do remember, and we were, when we were both at that Christian camp, when we were 13, they talked about Adam and Eve and I was like, Oh yeah. Really? And like, and I remember us talking about it even when we were like eight, but like, obviously at eight, at, at the age of eight, I'm sure you weren't like, Hmm, doesn't sound correct. Yeah. I don't know if I had a uh, figured out even like yeah. dinosaurs, uh, means that there would be yeah exactly yeah yeah but it's just like it was just funny because like just the two of us like really young being but like both like (laughs) trying to figure it out being like but like then like what 
what would they look like? Where would they be? Like, we were just like trying to, we were trying to work it into, I just remember. Because you do when you're a little, when you're, even when you're like, I don't know how old, when you, as soon as you can start talking, you're asking those enormous, you're asking about that type of stuff. Like Mm -hmm, maybe not that specific type of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Depends if that's being brought up to you, you know, you might be like, I have more questions. Oh, like when you said we asked about the, the race of Adam and Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What culture were they? Uh, yeah, like what? Yeah, what, what were they like? What color were they? Clearly, <laughs> like, really we were interested in. Um, like, what is this? Give us more answers. Yeah, give us more than exactly than like exactly. a little story. I yeah. mean, yeah. So to get back to the to the freedom sessions thing, yeah. where like, I, so like, I'm just looking at the um, the AA. Uh, thing the AA list and it just seems like um it seems like okay God's gonna remove our mm-hmm. defects of character our shortcomings we have to make amends to people that we've wronged um and so like I think is it yeah that's like a that's a big part of it is like making amends but also like yes, removing your character flaws so can yes. you just like I remember a couple a couple of parts of freedom sessions I remember because you phoned me to ask me about it but I want to get it from your perspective so like what happened when you started like what was the first thing that they kind of made you do when you started it's hard to remember exactly right but it was a long time ago it was a long time ago um but essentially just acknowledge okay you have to face these dark issues one of the big things was uh, what is that one thing that you plan to take to your grave and not tell anyone? Oh, wow. And you, you have to oh, confess. Yeah. yeah. That guy, that, the, the cult leader, he said that on the stage. What is that? Are He's, you ready to, would, will you confess that to God when you die? And that, or whatever, will give like you, that. that will give you freedom to confess yeah. that to someone else, oh, another someone person. Else. Oh God. Yeah. Sounds like Scientology. <laughs> Were they recording I, you? <laughs> like, yeah. I had so you had to find a sponsor. So I asked, I found a sponsor, my friend's mom. And she's so she is so great, this woman. And mm-hmm. uh I had to confess whatever I decided um uh this thing mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. And I just hated it. I hated yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just it's one thing to confess something or to like a therapist that's like, I'm never going to tell anyone. And like, you don't really know them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like, this, almost, this person was like my friend's mom. And I, oh, did yeah, not, that's all sorts yeah. of problems. <laughs> I feel currently like I'm, I'm almost like afraid to talk to her again just because it was like kind of like, oh, uh, just felt like I bared so much of my like you had to go so deep into like this dark, that's your so... darkest, your darkest self and like expose it to some, to this person. It's so and... strange because like with therapy, they wouldn't even ask you to do that because right. like we understand that like consciousness, like we, we, our brains make weird stuff come up a lot of, especially like those of us who live with like OCD or weird mm. intrusive thoughts, like a therapist would never be like deep. Like, I mean, maybe certain ones, but ne- none that I've ever come across would be like, dig deep. What's the worst thing you've ever thought of? Blah, blah, blah. Like, come up with this because it could then push you into an episode. Like, it could push you into depression. It could push you into panic attack. Like, we want to like slowly, slowly, slowly like uncover the things that we need to uncover. Like, even 
Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like things that happen to us. You say you go into therapy for trauma, you're not going to like talk about the absolute worst thing for a yeah. while. You know, like you're not just like, okay, bam, tell me the worst moment of your life and the worst thing you've ever done. Like that's yeah. not therapy. No, that's why they have like such a simplistic view of like, okay, if you just share your deepest, darkest thing, then you'll be free. Like with someone who, sense, right? did they, did you sign a contract? Like they are not, they're not going to tell this to anyone. No, oh, no. Wow. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure they won't, but I'm just like, it's so weird. It just <laughs> felt really vulnerable. I felt, remember leaving afterwards, just feeling so like, Ugh, like, I can't believe I had to do that. And yeah. Um, another thing was we had to ask someone, ask a few people that were close to, uh, what are our worst character traits? Yes. And you've asked me. <gasps> I wish yeah. I had. You did. Uh-huh. You, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Glad but, I asked you, though. Yeah. Because I, rem- I, I don't re- totally remember what I said, but I'm pretty sure, like, I, was like, what? I know. I, I, I like, <laughs> what a thing to ask someone to do. Like, I would hate to be asked that. And like, mm-hmm. also like, even like, I think at that time I like understood therapy and I was mm-hmm. like, this is not what a therapist right. would do. Like a therapist would tell you, like, think about all the things about yourself that you like, like yes. ask your friends why they're your friends, you know, like, and I don't remember if I told what I said or like I, I now I can remember? remember I believe I I knew that you like didn't really think this was a good approach I'm yeah pretty sure I remember somehow you gave me that impression that it's like uh like I definitely can see this is like I'm I've been through enough therapy to know that this seems yeah. weird yeah, yeah. Um, like yeah. I don't I don't know if like if I like refuse to do it or if I, I remember being like at the time being like, cause I'm like three things. That's a lot of things. (laughs) Like how can I come up with three things that are like character flaws about you? Like, I don't even like, I didn't think of three things and like, I would have to really think it's not like, Oh yeah. Bam, bam, bam. These are your worst traits. Like what? I'm your friend. I don't think about that shit. (laughs) You already, as a, like indiv- as the individual, you know, you know those things about yourself. It's like yeah. I, I'm so aware of like the things I not don't like about myself. I don't need other people to like confirm. Yeah, it's like, oh, and it feels so shitty to hear someone say, "I think you're dishonest." <laughs> like, <laughs> or like yeah. oh, or like I don't know. I remember that one. So, uh, someone had told me that in that exercise and I was like oh my gosh what does that mean like yeah I'm not, I'm not honest I guess and it just made me really like oh shoot I don't know that one threw me for a loop which is fine like everyone I don't know if everyone's like 100% honest all the time no no <laughs> anyway. I, absolutely not no. no but like that's the one thing that stuck out to you like whoa what's what yeah type of person am I like I was I, just like uh I feel it. I don't know if I like if I was like, well, this one time you didn't show up to my show, which (laughs) I might've said that or something being like, I was sad that you weren't there. (laughs) But like, I I would, I just can't even like, I can't imagine being like, here are Gabby's flaws. 
I know what they are because I think about them all the time. Like, no, I think about what I like about you. And hopefully I said some of the things that I liked about you because I feel like that's what you needed to hear in that moment because it's terrible. I mean, I don't know if I did that, but that's what I would want to do. You know, like I, I could totally. And like the thing is, if I was upset at you, I mean, I wouldn't even call them character flaws. I'd be like this thing, Mm. this one time, or we need to work on this together. Like our communication about this is not great. So if someone thought you were lying to them or dishonest, like that would be like, I feel like sometimes you're not telling me the truth. I don't know if that's, you know, my brain just second guessing everything. Or if you don't feel like you can be honest with me because of something I'm doing, like some, some way that I am like, it's not like, Oh wow. You're probably lying to everybody. If I feel like you weren't totally honest about like why you didn't want to go to the movies with me, you know, like (laughs) exactly. There's situational instances. Yeah. (laughs) um, And there's like lots of times in life you make mistake. You, you know, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean like you have these are your specific character flaws I mean like and it's not it's not a character flaw like say if I'm I'm upset yeah like it's if I'm upset that you did something it doesn't even mean that you were wrong to do it it just means that it made me sad which is like you know like it's like there's nothing wrong with say being like oh I'm sorry I'm too tired to go to the movies and then That's I'm sad. sad because you canceled on me. Like this didn't happen, but I'm just saying, yes. <laughs> like, for example, like yeah. that doesn't mean it's your flaw. Honestly, it's kind of even partially my flaw that I like can't handle when, if people cancel mm. on me. That was something I, I just, I used to struggle with it with a bunch of people where I just like could mm. not handle if someone canceled on me because mm. I really loved seeing people and I really hated being alone. So that mm-hmm. was like on me to like work it out. Right. And just, and just know, like sometimes people cancel and it's fine. And like, you know, yes. if you really don't like it when people cancel, then like try and make more plans with the people who don't cancel, yes. you know, but like, yes. it's just not a character flaw for someone. Oh, I hate that term now. Like yeah. a friend of mine is going through the CBD course. And one of the things that they're learning right now is like, uh, really sounds so basic, but it's, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, determining like your specific values that you hold. Is it a CBD and course or a CBT course? T, sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, are they learning how to make CBD? Yeah. CBT. Yeah. Values. So important. Values. And then realizing that when there's some like learning to think about that when you come up against into conflict in your life, like with a person relationship conflict, it's probably a value clash mm-hmm. that they just uh, might have through the course of life developed a certain different value system. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a really interesting thing to like, to like, Oh, this person really values this and I value this. So in the situation, maybe this clashed this yeah. value clash happened. And it doesn't necessarily mean either person has a character flaw, just that you've developed slightly different value. I just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. to, To look at it. Totally. And like, I'm just like, just looking now at this, at the, at the AA thing, like there's they say remove all our character flaws or whatever, or all our defects of character. And, and I know that like Chris, uh, Christians are often like, you're perfect. You're like, God made us all perfect. And there's like a lot of weirdness about 
being like, God made you perfect. So let's ask him to take away our defects. Like he gave them to us. Makes sense. Yeah. Again, I think it's like a kind of like, oh yeah, it's confusing. And I'm sure, you know, a really person who is into theology could explain away all these things. Like, yes, you're perfect, but at the same time, you're a worm and you've got character defects and there's the devil and there's sin and all these things exist together perfectly. So you are perfect, you're made in God's image, but you have to fight against sin all the time. And But then that person, if then we bring in like a licensed therapist and that person would be like, here's the problem with telling people that their brains are going to do this, 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 and it's not going to help them. But like, because like there's no answer as to their, like, for example, like it's, for example, say you're a climate scientist and like 98% of climate scientists agree that there's global warming or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it's like not 98% of uh, psychologists agree on stuff, not 98% of theologians agree on stuff because, but especially like say psychology, which is still, which is a social science. It's still so hard to see the, to take, to collect data. So it's, it's really up in the air, all of it, but we at least do, we are able to like, I appreciate things like CBT, DBT, ACT. They all have T's in them because it's, stands for therapy, um, all these different kinds of therapy, even like, um, uh, the rapid eye movement one, uh, anyways, Uh, different, different, um, EMDR, uh, Mm -hmm. different treatments that are like they, where they try and basically reproduce the results like that's, Mm. and, and then they also like, they also keep track of people who aren't doing it and just see if there's an improvement. Like that's great because Nobody, mm-hmm. first of all, no one's keeping track of the AA stuff, but no one's keeping track of like how well churches are doing and making people feel happy and like which certain churches are the, making people the most okay and stuff like this. And I'm certain no one's keeping track of the people like six years after they do freedom sessions to see how they are. I would be so curious <laughs> Yeah, right. who like still kind of thinks back to freedom session as like a pivotal turning point. That's because that's how I felt about it at the time. Like I went through the whole thing mm-hmm. and I did that graduation ceremony where I shared a little testimony. And I remember the leader guy came up to me afterwards and like complimented me or whatever on my speech. And it was just like, nice. yes, you're a good <laughs> speaker. I, was like, I think I'm just a great pup. No, like it was more like I was just really pumping up the program like yeah. this changed my You're life. You're excited, yeah. Yeah, uh I really felt like I had experienced some freedom. But I honestly feel like it might have just more been I remember thinking the whole time like oh, this isn't going to do anything like I'm I don't know, like I I'm not capable of change. I think most I, I like since then I've I've been doing my own like this uh self-compassion course and that comes up like most people feel like in the moment like I'm not changing I'm not getting any better Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it just takes a lot of you know dedication like uh, Mm -hmm. repetition and slowly slowly there's changes but Mm -hmm. uh, anyway at the time I just didn't think I was going to be capable of anything and then it's probably just a whirlwind of emotion like 
Oh yeah, totally. Uh, you can't, it's like lots of people, you know, it's nice to move through life on autopilot. And this was just something that forced you to not be on autopilot. You're like always thinking about your, your character defects. Well, and if it is like set up like a 12 step program, there is a reason why people do it. Like it is effective, especially in the moment when you do have all that community and everyone is around you and like being like, you're like, this is okay. Everything you've done has been done before. Like, you know, we're all in this together. You were all in this together. And also like, it's a really classic thing for cults and things Mm. like things, things that take advantage of people to get people to like overshare or like really dig deep because you'll feel like something has changed after because it has, because you did like admit stuff and like say stuff out loud, which is powerful in its own way. So you'll at least feel like emotional, right? Like you'll be like, yes, wow. Like, and uh, like, even if you like end up crying at some point, like that's an emotional release. Like there's just a lot of, you know, if someone hugs you, like all these different things, like there's good in a lot of those things. And there's also just like, you will feel different, which you might then like say is good. Yes, you will feel in the moment. Yes, it's true. And then there was, you know, those that theater aspect of um, (sighs) pinning your sin to the cross. (gasps) Tell me about that. And I was the most curious about that. That was the most. Tell me about it. Probably the most culty, shocking thing. What was it? Shocking experience Um, for you. Yeah, because it's something that I again I had seen before. It's kind of a tactic that the church can bust out for a really intense effect, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a nice kind of action in a way. Like there's something to it where you can write down this thing that you want to get rid of. It's you know, like in yoga, throw it in the fire. Throw yeah, it in the fire. yeah. Boyfriend's name in the fire. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah exactly exactly Mm. so it's the same type of thing except you've got this spin of like the cross which is and you put it on the cross why do I imagine there's something to do with like red paint or something is that involved or sometimes there's red paint it means that it's like covered in the blood of Jesus which is like he died to atone for our sins and like the sins are forgiven like washed clean by his blood oh okay that yeah because I remember them talking about the blood and I was like what, what? Like <laughs> communion too where it's oh like right yeah the juice represents blood because the blood is like everything like it's so funny that it that's uh you know throughout his Christian history that we like worshipped Jesus's blood as a symbol yeah. which makes sense I guess it's just like honoring I don't know, that act that that was like the pivotal thing for Christians. Like he died. His death is like the only Mark, thing that. Yeah. That's like the clincher, the clinching point. Of it's almost like history. if he, if he wasn't killed, he wouldn't have been as a big of a yes. thing, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, and it's really like a really awful way to die too. And like, of course, lots of people are dying like that. But um, yeah, yeah but that, so, on the cross. So you um, nail, like, like, but aren't you being then like the Romans or whoever did that? If you're nailing your sin to the cross? Maybe, maybe it's like you are these Romans. Like you, <laughs> again, it's like you're you crucifying your, your sin. I guess it's, if it's ah, bad, then. In a it's way, okay. it's just like. Yeah, like 
<sighs> yeah. I, I actually never really realized that that some symbolism of us as like the Romans or whatever, nailing something to the cross, but that makes sense. Like, I don't uh, know. That's just what I, I thought of when I heard it, but yeah. So for you, this whole thing, like, let's, let's go back to you, like experiencing <laughs> this, like, and also that was your first time in like a real, like worship context, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. to me, again, the word worship is yeah. quite normal, like was quite yeah. normal. Like, worship, like. That's a thing we do every week, mm-hmm. but that word is so, it's so religious, so intense. It's so culty. Yeah. It's like, so not normal. Just yeah. like to go worship with people. Well, I remember from your, I don't know if you call, when you called to ask about your character flaws, if you, or you, you call, did this or you called me separately, but you were looking for, you wanted to write letters or, or you needed to phone people and apologize to them something like that yes. and yeah. you were clearly just like who have I hurt because you were like do you know how to get in contact with our old boss from a coffee shop because <laughs> I quit in a really rude way and I was like no you like it was a shitty minimum wage job he was not a good boss you didn't like you were clearly inspired to quit in that way by the person who was with you who was like a really kind of wacky person and like yeah you don't need to apologize. He doesn't own that coffee shop anymore. He told me he wanted to burn it to the ground. Like he doesn't care about it. You know, like I got in trouble with him too. When I, when me and my friend, we closed the shop like a little bit early so that we could go to the final Harry Potter movie and we got in so much trouble. But it's because yeah. we asked if we could first, and he said and no, he said, and then he watched us over the videos to see that I we did it anyways. He could watch us. Yeah, that was gross. He remember when he like phoned in to tell what I don't actually maybe you weren't there at that time, but he phoned in to say nice outfit to one of the girls working oh. there because he was watching us from the cameras. No. Yeah, so you were like, how can I contact that guy and say sorry? <laughs> oh my gosh, I just remember feeling that was like one of the worst things I'd. Uh, so rebellious. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just yeah, like, no. I just wrote letters to like ex-boyfriends, certain ones, or certain guys that I had hurt, I guess, and um, certain friends that yeah. I had like not kept in touch with. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, but it felt like the biggest deal, even though, just because it's not a normal thing to do in life, you know, no. to like deliver a letter to someone uh, but it's like a good thing. Like apologizing yeah. is always a good thing. Is a good thing, but sometimes it's like almost worse to go and talk to them in a way. Like yeah, and actually, you're like yeah. you're making me like mm-hmm. have to think about it, and and I have to react to you, and I have to forgive you and stuff. Like how that's a lot on other yeah. people if they were actually really really hurt, you know, like in different situation. Right. Yeah, it must be like using the concept of you know in therapy. I don't know. Go you write in. a letter and you don't send it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so. That's so wild. Yeah. I mean, like, because then you had to think about all the people you've hurt, too. Like, this wow. makes more sense if you were, like, a really, really out of control alcoholic or, like, yes. you know, addicted to heroin and, like, act- actively, like – you know, really hurting people it to um, 
to get whatever to 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 live on those drugs like i'm not saying that it's good necessarily like it's a great way to deal with that but it makes more sense than oh i'm here for sin which literally is every is all humans do it and then it's like i <laughs> i apologize for being a human being like that's really what like yes, especially when you're exactly you're young like i don't think yeah. you need to write apology letters to all your ex-boyfriends that you had in your early 20s you know like I don't yeah. think that anyone needs to do that um no exactly I don't know it's a, it's really yeah. is it was back to that idea that maybe focusing on how like the aspects of yourself that you hate yeah like, focusing on the worst things actually isn't a great tactic and that mm-hmm. kind of is the church tactic is like right I suck, but God's awesome. That's like, honestly what it is. And Mm -hmm. you don't learn to love yourself. Like it's not okay to love yourself. Wow. Yeah. It's that's wild. And I'll tell you another thing that I remember from the, okay. From the, um, ceremony that I went to, which again was not your graduation was a different one. Um, I remember there was a girl who went up and said, my father abused me and molested me. And through this program, I was able to forgive him no. and even give him a hug. And I was like, what? And she was like, she said something, something like, I realized it was my fault or like, we all have no. blame here. We all have blame, like no innocent people. Like, and she said something like, and then he walked into the church and I like felt really scared, but then I like asked Jesus's help and I was able to hug him. And I was like, you don't need to hug your molesty, abusive oh. father. I don't know. Like, obviously that was a really specific situation, but like. Yeah, no, that, that is horrendous and it does kind of echo like this same thing of like um you forgiveness is like the ultimate like you need to forgive everyone like you if you're holding on to any grudge then like you're not free in Christ or something or Christ hasn't healed mm-hmm. that yet and like you should just be walking around as this perfect spotless like or like you should you should have no like so for instance my grandma who is uh, like 89 or something. She's very elderly now. Mm-hmm. She brings up all the time that she's like, I have like essentially done this. Like I have forgiven everyone. I have gone through my inventory. I don't think she used that word and like made sure that I am, I'm ready to meet God. Like I've made sure that like I've forgiven everyone. I've to- like, and if she remembers something, she's like, Oh, I have to do it. Like for, I don't know. She, yeah. She sees it as like, this is something that like everyone in their lifetime has to get to this point. Otherwise you're going to have some issues when you get to God. Right. Right. God's yeah. going to be like, Hey, you saved all those orphans, but looks like you haven't forgiven your yeah. super, super evil father. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Maybe not how or like less cool part of heaven. I less cool, he- sad heaven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like the outskirt peasant part of heaven, not like mm-hmm. the awesome city mm-hmm. inner kingdom. <sighs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there were like other people in your group too, right? Like it wasn't just mm-hmm. you talking to one person, even though you did have a yes. sponsor, but like where there was other people who were there, there were talking other girls. about it. Yeah. And it was really cool. Like we all 
they were all really great girls. Like that's the thing. Like people, uh, the friends that I've made at church are all always lovely people that are all just, you know, kind of caught up in this, mm-hmm. in this, uh, cycle of this, of thought, you know, but, um, yeah. So I think it was around five of us girls we meet up once a week and we had a leader who had done it before. Uh, she had been through the program before and it's funny, our leader dropped out and like, we never saw her again. <laughs> oh, wow. So then yeah. who was the leader after that? Uh, someone else decided. So she was leading two groups. Someone well, yeah. else. Oh, wow. Because they didn't get yeah. paid, did they? No, no, no. This was like a mom who had lots of time, though. So. Okay, that's good. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember they were like really looking for people to like lead the groups. Yeah. Because exactly. it was not a paid position. You're like, step up. And again, it's kind of like, wow, you're going to be. I don't know it there there's this like silent point system sort of in mm, church mm-hmm. like the more you volunteer like the more social cred you're gonna get and like you're probably gonna get more spiritual points and more points with God the more mm-hmm. time the more time you commit like and I spent so much time I committed so much time to church for a number of years that I like had no idea yeah where my career was going and I remember it was an issue like with my family was like, what are you planning on doing? Like you're just spending all your time hanging out with youth kids and driving youth kids to their like after school, uh, uh, like soccer camp. Like I was just like a little, like, but I have to do this. I'm helping the, I'm helping like the church and like, I'm going to get all this great social cred with the youth group. Right. <laughs> so yeah. 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 And you were just um, like, I, why think about, I mean, like if I imagine being in that situation, why think about my career? It doesn't matter because yeah, the most exactly. important thing is this. That's yeah. exactly it too. I was totally like, this is the most important thing. Which um, is, that's yeah. nice that you were, that you then therefore like helped out. Like, yes. Yeah. But, I uh, and I thought I was going to work at church. Like I thought yeah. I was going to get a job. Eventually they're going to pay me. That's what my hope was. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so I was doing lots of like graphic design and stuff for them too. Uh, right. They didn't have a graphic designer at this point. And I was like, they're totally going to hire me. This is, so I was like, and this is how yeah. most people get jobs at this church was just volunteering so much to the point of burnout to the point where you can't volunteer anymore. And then they'll finally hire you. Oh, wow. Cause yeah. you don't need like accreditation necessarily. You just need to be like, super committed and then anyway it's uh yeah and obviously yeah. that didn't happen and I uh yeah I think churches do that a lot like I've heard that story so many times where people went to like college and spent tons of money doing like bible college and mm-hmm. uh getting de- like theology degrees and still not getting hired by church because oh it's my like gosh so I many mean- people go to colleges like study theology and then like there's like 12 jobs available right I know that some churches don't make a lot of money and some of them make a lot of money and they don't (laughs) spread it around Mm -hmm. so it depends on what church you're in but just because Um, there's less and less people going but that's usually if you're going to like a I'm going to the local United Church and it's falling apart and they're (laughs) yeah I don't know like Uh, The church I was going to for a while was uh, uh, raising some money. Oh, yeah. Raising just, you know, handful some money 
And it was very evident. Everyone knew we were raising this amount. So we all have to do it. Three thousand, uh, at least $3 million <gasps> to do what? $3 million uh, to build a facility. Oh, uh, where? Langley. Like, <laughs> ah, I mean, I guess property in BC costs like a million dollars or whatever. It's so and, true. Yeah. Three million is actually not that much. <laughs> but like, it's just weird to be like, didn't you already have a church? Like, it's just no, really weird to renting. be like, oh yeah, we need to have a, I guess that's a very common thing though. We need to have our own place, but wow, that's yeah, really but- wild because churches don't have to pay taxes. So it's just like, I know. They just, that's ridiculous wow. to me. It's like completely a business. Like it's a, yeah. It's, run yeah. like a business it really is wow um, yeah whoops. sorry continue oh I was just looking at the uh, freedom session steps again oh yeah yeah tell me about uh any others that are like stand out to you um well I said I'm just looking at the very last one um I'm curious what so it says we committed to live authentically with others, take responsibility for our attitudes, judgments, behaviors, and boundaries. Realizing our own shortcomings, we offer the same grace to others that God has extended to us. As God gives opportunity, we will share our story of, fi- of healing, freedom, purpose for life with others. Okay, that all sounds fine. I was just curious what the last step was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like go and tell people about it. And this program kind of bring us which is yeah. exact which is also what the 12th step of AA is yeah. as well but that kind of does link back a little bit to like the business side of church there's yeah. just so many it's there's so much money tied up in churches like all around the world like it's it's amazing what yeah. people will give to well once you own the yeah. property then you have that asset as well right like because normally people don't buy three million dollar places with $3 million, they have like a mortgage and stuff. But if you just own that, then that's huge. Like that's, yes. that's very different. Yes. I, I mean, so I just looking at the, the 12 steps for, for a, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, um, once like, so made direct amends to people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's number nine on here. I don't know if. Yes. Yeah, same. So is same. it like, did you have to do something? Like, what did you do? That was essentially the letter. The letter is making direct. The letters, okay, yeah. yes. Um, Continue yeah. to take personal inventory and admit when you're wrong or something. Was number 10. Continue to take personal inventory. Yeah, we enter an authentic relationship with God, learning to hear his voice, understand his will, uh, and personal interaction with the Holy Spirit. Uh, that 10 is different. Uh, and develop a life plan, step 11. Oh. It was established yeah, no, that's, prior. Yeah. That's different too. That's different. So like none of the stuff this is, is like, like meditate. 11 is like meditate. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that. Life yeah. plans are always a little like. Life plans. Well, yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense with personal inventory, like continuously make personal inventory. Like I guess mm-hmm. it's like keep track mm-hmm. of what you're doing. But if you're making a plan, you're going to make inventory for what you're doing in the future. So right. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I remembered more about like the details of, of all of like, I wish I still had my workbook that I had. Yeah. If you ever find it. Journal. Yeah. If I ever find it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, I wish, uh, 
Well, I, so yeah, when I watched the video, the little trailer um, for the program again, mm-hmm. like yesterday, mm-hmm. it just, the whole vibe came flooding back to me, this the wow. church vibe. Um, and it was funny watching the doc, the Mormon FLDS yeah. documentary yesterday. They, like the people that escaped were talking about the uh, vibe, essentially. the um, There was an instance where they had a bunch of FLDS people kind of issuing this propaganda on TV mm-hmm. about like, we're all happy. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about us world. Like we're not involved in a sex cult. We're not doing this against our will. We're happy. And like the, they were told to talk in like a certain register, like their voices, oh, wow. like, ah, like they had this like such sweet voices. Yeah. It was so creepy. Um. Anyway, this is not like that, but there's just like this certain uh, vibe of just like, hyper emotional I think that's the thing like the church is just like super super praise on like uh anyone that has like emotions and it's like oh you must feel this is God like yeah right uh, like people who need some well, especially these newer churches who aren't being like oh you grew up in this church like they're looking for people who are looking for meaning and i look at the freedomsessions.com freedomsession.com and mm. the person who like the number one the, the quote on the front page is from mm. mark clark yeah and he's got like a little like he's like such a trendy dude oh i know like, hey oh my gosh hey, hey. and that's right that's my impression of his photo um, and like, I know that that's not the leader of this, no, of the, no, of the thing, it's the leader of the church. But like, I do remember one of your friends said to me, like, you don't even have to believe in God. Just come and listen to this Mark guy because he's like, amazing. he's so amazing. God cured his Tourette's is one thing that he oh, said, yeah. they said. And like, basically I'm like, that's a mental illness. Like. Like, I mean, it's kind of a mental illness. Like, are you saying mm-hmm. that well, I could cure my mental illness? You know, like, and, and like, in some ways I was like, I'm sure they that would, would say be yes. good. Yeah. yeah. And like being like, God, and like, just being like, just go just to see this guy. And that's the one thing that makes me feel like, and, and same culty, you know, like, and same oh. with this freedom sessions. There's that one, the one guy who like, runs it and he does the scary speeches at the end <laughs> I, yeah and cult it's like of personality because of, yeah it's a cult of personality I know there's like um oh, there's this one line of a book I once read about like this kind of a, de- a book about deconstructing um it talked about like uh the pastor like believes on behalf of everyone so like mm-hmm. you don't have to believe but as long as you believe in this guy and he believes like his faith oh, is enough right. yeah. kind of, and yeah. it's easier that way in a way. Right. It's like, and like everyone else's belief feeds your belief kind of, it's just this like belief. What would you call that? Like a, a crowd, psych, crap, mob psychology. Yeah. 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 But with faith and it all stems with this one, this one guy is like controlling everyone's faith. Like his faith is the, clincher like if they had a if they their faith broke down it would probably send like a huge crisis through everyone else's faith right right yeah Mm -hmm. which I'm sure occasionally happens definitely happens yes um yes (laughs) 
This is so wild. But on the website, you can purchase mm, uh, yeah. uh, the like the I think the churches have to pay for the material for, for yes. freedom session. So it is free for the participants, right? It was free. I'm I'm almost sure it was free. Yeah, I think I remember it being free, but it does seem like the church has to pay for it. Yes. Which is interesting. Maybe there was a check that I had to write. I think I remember this being like people could pay. Like it was like oh. it was a donation, which which is a great way to like because if they they're probably not a church but a nonprofit, I have no idea. But like, yeah, because there's a give page here mm, um right. so yeah it's a, so so you don't have to pay but it's strongly strongly encouraged to um to donate and yes. so then that is not taxed if it's a donation and it's also right. not taxed for you as well i think right. it's tax deductible is what it says on here right oh that's so interesting did you ever have it have a re interaction with the scary leader guy that's what i'm calling him scary leader guy yes scary leader guy no yeah. he rarely yeah. came he wasn't really involved he he's just like oh i just said you know i have this program and i can just show up he like showed up one time to like do a little talk at the uh, end. He was the one who said, Oh, great job. Yes. He was the one yeah. that came to me and was like, wow, nice story or whatever. Good. Yeah. Wow. Shook my, shook my hand. Um, wow. there's so many of, cause like the whole evangelical church system is made up of these kind of guys, these yeah. Yeah. Really, really charismatic. Um, and I mean that in like, they're really just charming. Mm -hmm. I guess like really great at like wooing a crowd of people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And they're also great businessmen kind mm -hmm. of, and mm -hmm. uh, super wise and everyone looks up to them. Oh, this is another thing I read about in this book um, that talked about like, you know, the pastor believes on the behalf of everyone, mm -hmm. especially because it's always a male. Like there's, it's like 90 Five percent of pastors are probably male. Like mm -hmm. maybe even though women are allowed to become pastors in this situation, no, women, oh. women aren't allowed to become pastors usually. So I think it's starting to change now, mm. um, especially in like uh, Anglican churches. It's super great. There's like great LGBTQ uh, like oh, yeah. awareness and because that's the Church of England, right? Right. right, right. Okay, that was my um, grandma. My grandma was Anglican. I like them like just because they're way more inclusive and but because like yeah they're kind of like part of a government so <laughs> right. uh, yeah it's right. wild um, I think don't quote I don't me on even that, know but, but you know, the queen is the head so all right yeah um but yeah no no female leaders unless you're leading like children's church Oh, oh, I see. I see. So all these like big guys and so this book talks about like how every woman is in love with these men basically oh, like wow. rep represent like this male authority this male like um I don't know like I forget I forget the details but like um there's an aspect of like definite like sexual attraction to these like male yeah I mean because they're like yes. they're yeah some of them are young like yeah like they're like I mean no they're not like 20 but actually some of the guys some of the guys mm -hmm. who are like becoming whatever like youth pastors are like going to go open new churches we're quite we're in their 20s yes. at least at the time yes. so 
you oh know, my gosh. Yeah. And I remember, cause I went to the church office a lot and was involved and stuff. And so I remember if you, there was a rule, like you were not allowed to have the door closed. If you were talking to a male pastor, like <gasps> you were in there, they had, you, the door had to be open at all times just to ensure like nothing was going on. But it's because, because of that, like it just makes, it makes it into a sexual situation. Yeah. Because something could, you're like, oh, so you're assuming that something might happen if the door was to close. (laughs) To protect ourselves from anything that could happen if this, in this closed door room with just the two of us here. It's like an incredibly sexy situation. If you're like, wow, we're not allowed to be together. Ooh. like, (laughs) Yeah. This is. Against the rules. I don't know. I know. I felt one Sounds time, kind of sexy. <laughs> I guess. I remember one time I was in a room with one of the t- church pastors and like we were praying and the door was closed. I was like, oh my goodness. Like I remember realizing, shoot, the door is closed. Like we need someone needs to open that door. Like <laughs> we're praying. But I don't know. It's just this strange, stupid rule that was definitely like enforced. Like you could get. Wow. Um, and that same pastor actually ended up leaving the getting kicked out because he had an affair. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's Well, just- and like so so is there like a certain age that you get where like now you are of the age where you must keep the door open? Do you know? Uh, no. I don't know. That. It, like that's probably a thing, right? If especially Maybe. I know that a lot of the people were just like new to the church because it was a new church, but like if you grow up there, like, and you reach a certain age, like at what age do they let you close? I guess like, is it like yeah. age of consent? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> it's weird. I don't even know. And this is just like male, female, like it's just assuming that all of these interactions would be in a heteronormative. Well, like, yeah. Well, because course. otherwise you're like going to hell anyway. Because I do remember you had that one friend who was gay and uh, out do you remember that he was out but he was like I'm not going to do anything about it and that was that's that's how you do it yes yeah you can be out but you're not going to act on it (laughs) oh my gosh that's just really sad I'm sure that I'm not sure but I think that guy's probably okay because if you are like comfortable enough with your sex sexuality be like I have to like be out in this situation as long as this is not a situation where Mm -hmm. they're going to send you to like a whatever what the one of those torture camps oh I can't my gosh, what those yeah. are. conversion yeah. therapy conversion therapy as long as they're not going to send you there like i imagine if you're at this cool church and you're yes. openly queer like hopefully eventually you'll be able to be like well fuck this no no i don't know how the church can survive any like in this day and age if they still hold on to that i have not kept tabs on that church if they've changed their statements i think they've now said oh women can t- can speak <laughs> can be pastors but i don't think they oh, have okay to. they've changed yeah. their stance on that but i don't think they've hired anything that's like pretty pretty slow okay now women are allowed Whoa. to. oh my god like, so slow um, so behind the time so behind the times and like how can you survive if you're still like uh if you're still homophobic in this society and because like there, i know so many so many queer people that have deconstructed from their faith like mm-hmm. so many like like well it's one of the main every, reasons every, to do I think pretty to much do it. I rec- wager to say that everyone is 
on the spectrum in some right. regards. So like everyone has that moment of realization. It's like, wow, I, I was just taught like you were, you must be, there's just, you know, heteronormative. There's just one way and that's you, but there's just no concept of spectrum at all. Right. Obviously. And like, I think that like, especially if you're like, well, this is a bad, bad thing. Just like putting someone on a diet, even if someone is like kind mm-hmm. of on the spectrum, uh, sexu- sexuality spectrum, like you're going to focus even on the thing that people tell you is bad. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. becomes so toxic. Not to say that you – I mean you should always just be able to be with whoever you want. Yeah. But I could imagine somebody who is – by really struggling in this situation because they would be like, well, it is a sin because I, I sometimes I'm attracted to the opposite sex. I'm sometimes attracted to the same sex. Mm-hmm. And that just means those that those attractions are bad and these attractions are good. And then right. that really messes up with your sexuality in general when you're trying to like control mm-hmm. when sexuality is good and bad and like you're just yeah. going to end up just not I don't know just even like from being in the world being a yeah, sexual person in the world that that happens so I can't even yes. imagine not just church at all but no but yeah like in in such an insane way in the in the church um no I think it must be like it must have been so much harder for our parents generation and before anything before yeah, totally. I know uh there was someone um, in my mom's generation of going to church when she was like a young adult that uh, she was openly like she knew that she was uh, gay and she ended up like she was like, well, that that's obviously just not an option. I have to put that away. And she and she married a man and it just yeah. didn't work out. And yeah, like like Paul said, uh, in like mixed sexuality mixed orientation marriages because they're like, okay, we, we accept that this is a thing, Mm. but you have to, you have to marry someone because otherwise you're not going to heaven. (laughs) Like for Mormons, right. You're not, you're not even going to go to heaven. Yeah. 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 So I'm just thinking like, that's an example of, but like wild. Yeah. The whole church is obsessed with, at least the one I went to was really obsessed with sex. Yeah. Not like male, female that too but like actual like we would talk about sex every single Sunday what yeah it would be way to make you really want to do it I guess yeah at least think about it all the time exactly and hence like getting married was like the like thing everyone was every young adult was like well I have to get married to (laughs) to um relate to this this is like clearly a core topic well it is a big huge topic in life of course but it's just strange yeah. to hear it in like a religious perspective and like a uh heard like you hear it from this like cool hip guy is always talking about set you're ha- having a healthy sex life so important like so yeah so you, this revered. is something you said to me one time I maybe I said this in the last mm. episode I'm not sure but you said like I remember you're like yeah we like whatever this guy talks about sex all the time at at church and he said like an orgasm is like the closest <laughs> thing you can get to heaven and I remember saying this or thinking this I don't know if I said it but I was like but if heaven is just a constant orgasm, then it's nothing. Like, you know, like you have to have lows to feel the highs. Wow. I was like, and honestly, I'm like, that sounds like really exhausting. That is <laughs> to be that, like my 
partner yeah. talks about like as a kid being terrified of the prospect of heaven because it's just like it's all just good all the time like it sounds so like the most boring like long church service kind of well especially if it's like all good in quotations mm. and it's like none of the nice fun bad things are there yes there, exactly you know? exactly because we it's only what our definition of good is like yeah yes, that does good. sound pretty boring yeah yeah, yeah. I know it's yeah. it's a weird pitch it's a yeah it's yeah. more about fitting in I guess I think that's like the joy that you get is like the more that I can fit in in this huge community and it's basically a big ego trip, I think. Um, right. Because if you're like, I'm not, I don't love myself. God loves me mm-hmm. uh, yes. because God loves me. Therefore I am perfect. Everything I do is part of God's plan. La, la, la. Like you, then you do end up getting a big head in some way because you're like, everything I'm doing has like a divine reason. And it's like, my actions are like, my thoughts are given to me by God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just so wild. Yeah, it does give you like a God complex, a you God know, like complex. especially if you are uh, the pastor, I'm imagining you'll be like, OK, well, I I literally am speaking for God here. So I'm really important. And <laughs> which is why I want to do an episode like maybe my next solo episode, I think, is going to be about psychosis and religion because mm. mania is like that. Right. And okay, interesting. Yeah. And like, especially if you in, in, I mean, delusions. So like thinking you're like the most important person and then hallucinations, hearing voices, you know, like, like that's like, that is the perfect situation to have a religious revelation in psychosis, which is fairly common. Like it's, it's a fairly common thing to happen, especially right. if people are people with this certain brain chemistry are like, have a fever, don't sleep or going through grief, whatever, like all these things. Like it's like yes. quite, it's like our brain does that. So it's really just wild to hear like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. like don't, don't be a big, don't, don't be egotistical. However, you will speak to God. You will, you will, uh, you are like a whatever vehicle of God or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, you, it's like, that sounds like mm-hmm. mania. <laughs> wow. That is so, yeah. yeah. I never thought of it that way. That's yeah. That's baked into like, it's just like, uh, really that's asking for something maybe mentally not positive to happen to you. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. really hard to get people help when they're super religious because they think that, and in like, and like, yeah. all, it depends on the church and or the situation. But yes. sometimes it's like, well, we don't want to say to that person that they're not hearing from God. Like oh, a lot of churches will be like, you're hearing from Satan. Like this mm-hmm. is not how God talks to you. But you know, some churches will be like, yeah, you are hearing from God, like straight up. Yeah, yeah. and. I mean, there's a really awful example fairly recently of a person who was hearing from God, like regularly telling the church that it was having visions of the future and stuff like that and ended mm-hmm. up re- like, I don't know, spoiler or not spoiler, mm-hmm. trigger warning, uh, skip 10 seconds ahead. Or he ended up killing his children. So mm-hmm. like, it's just really, 
just yeah like it's just like we ha- we can't ignore these signs um mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. people which i yeah i need i'll go into that in another episode cuz i have a lot of things to say about psychosis oh. but it's just really wild to be like wow like yes atheist people are so yeah. selfish and like look at us we are so not selfish however <laughs> we don't care about people outside of our group yes oh my <laughs> well, yeah. it, it makes me think of like religion Christianity in America especially because it's just right. like that on top of this centric like self not centric um um like me monster like me um t- uh like obsessed with yourself and your own rights kind of like mm-hmm. this, oh like, yeah intense othering this intense like everything's just intensified down there because of like the climate in which they live and I mean, that's why I feel okay speaking, you know, somewhat negatively about Christianity because in a lot of places they are in power. They are the people with the powers, like especially in America. Like they're like all of the presidents have to say that they're Christian, like all of them. Like in and it's just like it's it's they freaking pray when they become like it's part of their it is part of their government and stuff. It is the national ch- prayer breakfast or whatever. It's yeah, called. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like actual another documentary about this. Uh, there's a documentary on this. I now forget what it's called on Netflix about the like, Christianity in the White House, and it's. I would love to watch that. It's very interesting because it really is like set up by again one man, like yeah, got it to become this, like. Uh, this he added this like moral huge moral like soul death like a christian element because uh, then you get this big voting chunk where okay, like you yeah. literally don't have to agree with any of their like financial policies or like any of their foreign policies you just have to agree that oh they believe in god like yes they and like you know the other side does also say they believe in god but they're not doing it in the same you know way uh, anyways, mm. yeah. so yeah, it's just like, it's all wild and we can talk about this forever. Um, <laughs> we are going to do more episodes cause you're my ex evangelical correspondent. Um, and also like, we're going to do an episode with Paul where we talk about your Mormon adventures as well. So, so excited. yay. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, again, Gabby, my ex evangelical correspondent for, um, being a part of this podcast and, and, and also for chatting with me about this stuff. Um, again, you can find me at Sarah.jickling on Instagram. And yes, Sarah Jickling on TikTok. It's true. Um, and feel free to also check my music out on Spotify. Our theme tune is by me. It is called cautionary tale you can look it up and find it sarah jickling and her good bad luck um this episode was edited um with help from uh greg mcleod thank you greg because i kind of had a breakdown this month so i wanted to make sure that the conversation made sense um but also i wanted to lie in bed and play animal crossing and here we are So hopefully I'll be able to get more episodes out to you guys sooner um, than later. But I'm here. You're here. We're here. 
uh, thank you so much for listening and talk to you soon. Bye. Now I am a cautionary tale. I need to be under supervision.